Blog Talk Radio. Souls on all levels and in all dimensions are on their own evolutionary journey. There is no end point, no specified timing, and no losers. Every soul goes through their own unique experiences, yet we all have much in common. The higher self's evolutionary perspective, then, builds bridges of understanding. Let's move the focus from division and conflict to acceptance and love of ourselves and others. Hi, guys. It is Wednesday, my favorite day of the week, and this week I'm actually on the show because we didn't have a problem last week. I do want to say that I will not be on next week. I'm going to be traveling, so I'm taking that week off, so if you see a dark day, it's just temporary. I will be back the following Wednesday. Can't miss my Wednesdays, you know, this is so much my favorite part of the week. Anyway... I welcome you all to the show. It's Janet Richmond and the Higher Self Voice. And today is the third part of the emotional discussion, discussion of emotional responses, et cetera. And let me just tell you that what I'm talking about with the emotions is not just relegated to dealing with sort of the, just the little upheavals here and there, the difficulties we have emotionally that are just kind of, oh, well, that's normal and it'll pass in a day or two. This, this information relates to the big, big emotions too, because we come well equipped, guys. We come well equipped. We can deal with, we can neutralize, we can move out of depression, rage, grief, fear, shame, whatever the big pattern that we have that continues to refocus and reappear and re, 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 and continues to take us around by the nose. I mean, we all see the depression ads where there's some sort of big symbol of depression hanging over the person. It's advertising for a medication and maybe medications are necessary, but if you do this work in time, you can actually not, you won't need it anymore because you won't be depressed anymore. And I know several, several people who have experienced after 20 years of solid depression being able to move out of it. So <clears throat> I just want you to know that. And I have the result shows, three different shows of the different results. And if you haven't heard them yet, you might want to go back and listen to them because this work is really phenomenal. Can we come well equipped as I keep saying, we can really deal with so much of our lives. We can change our outer reality completely. Yep. Okay. So last week I discussed the fact that events are really neutral. And this week I want to, I'm going to go explain that a little bit more too, but I want to really explain or clarify the idea that there are no new events anymore. We've been around so many eons and eons of lifetimes, guys. There are no new events. What change are the details? And I think I made that clear before that maybe we have a driver that cuts us off when we're driving and we're angry and we get, we're fearful, we're angry, we're panicked, we get, we frustrated and we attack and we blame the driver. Well, we may never have had an event with a car in it before this lifetime, but we've had events where something out of the blue comes and endangers us. So 
the fact of the matter is that there are no new events. We've just had so many lifetimes that all of these events that we now have, we already have blueprints, guys. They're already set up with all the emotional responses attached to that kind of event. And with the snake event, it was pretty simple because that snake event was, you know, something I kind of pulled out of the air because it is so simple. And in order to get the concept across, I wanted to start with a very simple thing. That's why I spent time on the snake event. So you at least have the idea that as we go through lives, we attach our emotional responses to an event. How do we do it? We target the event. That event caused me to feel X, Y, or Z way. And therefore that event is to blame, is at fault. And by doing that, we are attaching the response that we had to that event. So now I want to, what I want to do now is quickly explain a different type of event, something a little more complex because it is absolutely real and valid that each event is neutral. Each and every event is neutral and each individual has their own emotional response package to that event, their own emotional blueprint. So this event is when someone close to you, some very dear loved one, in this case, I'm gonna use a spouse, but I don't believe that it has to be limited to the spouse, this type of event, where the spouse does something unbeknownst to you and you find out about it after the fact, and it's a rather big thing, okay? So it, it has a major impact on you because it is a spouse and you, know, you share your lives. So that if a spouse is doing something fairly ma major that you don't know about, the impact could be very shocking, very difficult, whatever. So in this example, the wife has discovered that her spouse, after the fact, she's discovered that her spouse used all their savings gambling. And not only did they use, did he use their savings, he used their pension plan. So the spouse, when she found out about it, she went into a series of responses of anger, of rage, of blame, feeling like the victim, hurt, uh, devastated, just absolutely off the wall emotionalizing as she discovers that all they've worked for, including what she's worked for, is now gone. So this is her response. Now, after the fact, however they are dealing with it, every time she sees her son studying really hard in high school, he's getting ready to apply to colleges, she starts, she triggers off the same responses. Oh, I'm so angry. Look at what happened. We can't send our kids to college. You know, we're, we're out of money, gone our thoughts of retirement. And every time something in her outer reality reminds her of this, what's happened, she goes through the same events, the same emotion, not events, the same emotional responses. And she feels absolutely justified to feel the way she does. She blames the husband. She attacks him. She 
you know, she just makes it clear to him it, he's always to blame. He's, he's all at fault here. Shames him, does all of these actions based on her emotionalizing and just keeps attacking him, keeps empowering. She doesn't realize it, but empowering her own, oops, her own emotional uh, blueprint. So, but I want you now, I want now to per, per, to give you a new perspective to this, this event. Something happens and it's a different wife, a different husband, but the same thing happens. He is gambling. He gambles away the, the savings and the pension. They have a son. Everything else is the same. But here's what happens when this wife finds out about it. Her reactions are completely different. Instead of feeling anger and rage and hurt and being like a victim and powerless, she's like feeling relief because there was a part of her very deep in that knew something was going on. And when she finds out, she's so relieved that he doesn't have another woman he's cheating on her with. This gambling thing, she knows enough about addiction. We mostly do nowadays to know that this is a problem that can be dealt with. This isn't, he isn't cheating on her. He has a problem. He has an illness. He can resolve it. He can deal with it. And she jumps in with this relief, now feeling empowered, because before she didn't know what was going on, she felt powerless and hopeless and helpless because she knew nothing. Now that she knows, hey, now I'm empowered. Now together we can deal with it. And she offers him her support and love and really tries to help him get through this. So this is same event, two different reactions. Now, two different emotional blueprints. The, the fact of the matter is that, again, this event could happen in many, many lifetimes. And, you know, 100 years ago, there were no pension plans. There were no savings nestled away in banks and things. So uh, it, it would, the details would be different. And we all know that there's many times that you could feel that you could be surprised by something from a spouse, either male, uh, a husband or a wife. So in general, this kind of event has happened over and over and over again. Now, what do we do about it, guys? Because when we go into that emotionalizing, guess what? We are being led around by the nose. We get into that emotional flow and all of those emotional responses have just been triggered off and we, that's all we think about. We're not rational. We're not making choices. We're not making decisions. We're not clear-headed. We are emotionalizing to the point where it just takes over our lives. And sometimes these kind of emotional blueprints, when they're really big and really dominant, they can become self-identities. Depression, we, we, we all know that there are people who have a de I'm depressed self-identity or I'm an angry person or I'm ashamed or I'm grieving or whatever. And we have these self-identities that we, not only do we characterize ourselves with those self-identities, but others do the same thing. Because when we have these very deep emotional blueprints that are very dominant in our lives, Everybody can see we're depressed. Maybe not everyone, but people would be aware, even if they're not our friends, you know, something's going on with that person. They feel like they're really depressed. 
you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Talking to the choir here. But anyway, so what do we do? What do we do? Well, I want to remind you that when we go into that state of emotionalizing, the tendency is, because we've been doing it for eons of lifetimes, the information about how to really handle the proper way to handle emotions hasn't been around for very long. I learned about it in the 80s. So, I mean, I was lucky. I don't know how long it's been around, especially as part of general knowledge. Not very long as part of sort of the general understanding out there. And so what is the proper way to do it? Well, first of all, the proper way is hard. When we get pulled into the emotions, the proper way is difficult because what is the proper way? The proper way is to acknowledge, okay, something, someone triggered this rage in me or this grief or this hurt or this feelings of powerlessness, uh, whatever that is triggered, just to acknowledge it and then let that emotional flow to just come up into the light. Because in fact, that person, that situation, that condition didn't cause you to feel powerless or ashamed or hurt or anxious whatever that was triggered or all of the above, because that happens a lot, that person didn't cause it. That person was the trigger. The blueprint has been there for eons of time. The person who was the trigger just pushed the replay button and off we go. We just go off. But every time we turn to blame that person in that situation, of course, we're empowering the blueprint. And then next time it's triggered, it comes up again and it's more and more empowered. It just keeps growing, guys. So the proper way is to just acknowledge that you've been triggered. Don't even, it's not about blame, finding fault, or attaching your response to some individual or situation or event. The proper way is to let what's been triggered, all those emotional responses, to go up into, out into the light. You could see it flow out as energy out of the top of your head. You can just imagine it. You can think the words, I'm letting that fear go. I don't need it. I'm letting that fear go. I am releasing the shame. I'm releasing the anxiety. I'm releasing the hurt. And just let what comes up out into the light without focusing it onto something else. We're carrying it, and we need to own our emotions. We need to own them. And by owning them, we can do something about them. If we're blaming somebody else out there for how we feel, guess what? We have to wait till the cows come home until they fix it for us, right? We, we are powerless. Once we own the emotional responses, once we own them, we come well-equipped and we can disown them, so to speak. We can neutralize them. We can absolutely uh, move out of this emotionalizing pattern. We can make sure that emotional blueprint is dissolved. It's not the emotions that get dissolved, remember, it is the energy that attaches the emotions to the event. So it's like that Velcro I've mentioned a couple of times. When we send in the light, the, we are undoing the Velcro and allowing the emotions to be free of that event, moving that event back into the state of neutrality for us. And when you work on this, at first it's really difficult, especially, well, doing it at the moment is really difficult, but 
when you first start working on a very deep emotion, there isn't a magic bullet because those blueprints are big. So each time you acknowledge you've been triggered and you let the, the emotional responses go, you are making the blueprint smaller and smaller. And at some point, what happens is you get to the point where you're not triggered anymore by whatever that trigger was. It just goes off your back and you're going to go like, gee, that didn't bother me at all. You know, I really see that I'm changing my blueprints. I'm letting them go. I'm dissolving them. So that's, that's what happens. The best way, of course, is to do it in the moment because then you're not building on the blueprint you've already got. You want to let go, get into the habit. You start to emotionalize. Oh, there's a trigger. I better let go of that emotion. Now, the fact of the matter is it is hard. It's hard to do in the moment because when we emotionalize, we get carried away, right? However, we can do it after the fact. And of course, most of the emotional blueprint is prior to that moment where we were triggered because they were previous times in this life and previous lifetimes. So we not only can do it after the fact, but what we carry, the energies we carry are so powerful. It's not an issue. We can do all the past lives, emotional responses that are carried in that, those blueprints that we're working with, working on dissolving. So you can do it in the moment. You can do it after the fact. So there's no reason if you forget and you get carried away by the emotion, there's no reason to get on top of yourself when you realize five minutes or 20 minutes or two days later, oh my gosh, I could have done it in the moment. Don't get on yourself, guys, because we have this absolutely incredible ability to do it after the fact. No reason to blame no re- yourself. No reason to feel like you failed in any way. I just mentioned the in the moment time because eventually you do the after the fact enough, you begin to remember or to become aware in the moment more and more, and then you do it more and more in the moment. So it's not about shoulds. It's not about, wow, you got to do that now. In fact, if you will move into it slowly uh, as you go, if you are committing to yourself and neutralizing these these emotional blueprints, along with the thought forms and the habit imprints. Now, uh, let me just see. I think I have something else to tell you about. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Now, a lot of times people resist. I know we all do, and I've seen it over and over again in various, uh, with various individuals. It's really common that part of us doesn't want to get over our reaction. We don't want to get over our anger, over our frustration, over our blame, because somehow it feels like we're letting the party, the other person, off the hook. That somehow it means they get away with something. And this just isn't the case, because each of us is responsible for our own actions including our own emotions. And so by owning our own emotions, we bring the power back right to where it needs to be. And that other person is going on his or her own journey and therefore will move to the place more and more of awareness to to take responsibility 
and own his or her own actions and um, emotions. So, it, in fact, it isn't our job to hammer somebody to, it's your fault, you blew it, you need to take responsibility. It isn't, we're not here to force or hammer our emotional responses and our belief systems about responsibility onto somebody else as we are responsible for our own actions, reactions. We're completely responsible 100% for of ourselves and same with the other person. Once we work with our emotional blueprints, sharing and role modeling the changes and the shifts that we've gone through because we have owned and taken responsibility for our emotions, for our actions, that is going to help the other person much more than if we are hammering them with blame and, and fault finding and attack. And I know you know what I mean, because when we've been attacked by someone outside, it's pretty ineffective. <laughs> That's a gentle word for it, right? We don't like it and we don't, it doesn't really help, does it? In fact, we can help ourselves. We have all, again, all that we need to shift this, these patterns. And now, how you do the neutralizing, I did do the neutralizing in a prior show. But in effect, you want to do the amalgamation. That's in a prior show where you become one with your pure soul essence. You become one with your true soul essence because I'm talking to fifth dimensionals carrying the dual soul nature. Those are the ones that tend to, to uh, watch the show. Don't have any doubt about who you are or what you are when you watch. If you're watching, that's all that's needed. You know, that's all. Just accept that. And so we carry the dual soul nature, so we want to become one with the pure soul essence. That's the most purest, most perfect, most potent part that every single soul carries. We're all expressions of the originating source. We're all connected to one another and to the originating source 24-7. So we want to become one with that, amalgamate with that. We want to amalgamate with our true soul essence. That's that fifth dimensional part of ourselves. And Part of that is amalgamating with our higher self and with the originating source itself. We're already connected to the originating source, but with the conscious amalgamation, that's our guarantee that we are going to do the entire process in the very highest level that is manageable and that we can handle at this moment in time. We always want to be working at that highest level. So the fact of the matter is you go into that state of amalgamation and you just send the light either with with send the light to your energetic field with the knowledge and understanding that you are neutralizing the velcro symbolic velcro in the emotional blueprints you're you're neutralizing all the thoughts and the habit imprints that are completely connected to that please understand when you're emotionalizing we don't emotionalize boy, we're thinking all the time, right? We've got all these thoughts flying around our head. And with every thought, remember, we're creating more imprints, deeper imprints in the habit body, right? Habit imprints. So we are 
all three are operational simultaneously. And so when you're working, once you're amalgamating, amalgamated, once you work with your light, you're neutralizing all of those three, not just one or the other. If you have a particularly powerful emotional blueprint, I have spent time working specifically on emotional blueprint with the understanding that the thoughts and the habits would be also dealt with, but my focus of attention would be right on that emotional blueprint. What I discovered often is that in this life, I used to see them as like haystacks in a field, and I would work to neutralize the haystack only to find out that that was like the tip of the iceberg, and underneath the ground, the foundation of that haystack was this huge body of the emotional blueprint. And the fact of the matter is, that's really not so far wrong because the underneath is all those prior lives that we have been very busy bees building those emotional blueprints. So let's understand, change the perspective that something is to blame for how we feel and allow, oh wait, Skip that. I want to say you can bring the light into those three, that energetic garbage, or you can let the energetics out into your light. I use both techniques all the time. Whatever you feel comfortable with, sometimes I'm letting stuff go into the light, and sometimes I'm pouring that light into the energetics. When the light acts kind of like laser uh, focus, focus, you know, it just finds whatever whatever it needs to neutralize, whatever you have said, known and unknown, neutralize all this that's attached to this pattern of mine where I get shocked by something happening out of left field to me. Neutralize in in whatever way. You can say known and unknown, conscious and unconscious. Absolutely. All right. So I hope I covered this well enough. I'm a little bit discombobulated today. I you can always reach me at jvvmrichmond at gmail.com. Also, I do want to say that next week I'm going to be talking about the creative body. Very, very interesting body, and I can't wait because it connects some of the dots quite a bit. Um, help you to understand how we actually create our outer reality Most of the time, it's because we just allow it to be created from our emotional garbage that we carry, the thought forms, the habit imprints, and the emotional blueprints. Once we become aware, then we can take over the reins, guys, and we can really redirect what's manifesting out there in our lives. But we have to deal with this garbage, and that's why this show has been very important for me to share with you, the the whole series on the energetics that we carry. So, excuse me. So I think that you will be very, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm not doing it next week. I, I, I think I'm wrong. I am wrong. Ooh, I'm not doing it. Next week is the week I'm traveling. Oh, my gosh. How quick did that come up? Yes, I will not be doing it next week, but I'll do it the following week. Pummer. 
I wanted to get the creative body in before, but there was that, and I thought I was going to, but there was that delay because I, the show didn't recur, didn't record um, two weeks ago. So I had to redo that show. That's why I'm sort of, I thought the series was going to end perfectly before I went away. I would be able to do the show. Anyway, I won't be doing the creative body until after I return. So it's going to be March, that first Wednesday in March. I'm not too sure what that date is, but um, I will be doing the creative body then. <laughs> anyway, I hope all of you have a great two weeks. I hope the weather is treating whomever is listening to the show. I hope it's treating you all well and that everything else in your life is going well. I know I've just mentioned the weather because there's so many so many things about the weather that keep coming up and uh, for all of us related to weather conditions with this whole climate thing. So anyway, um, I really wish you all the best. Love you very much. Thank you for being part of this community. And with that, I am going to say goodbye. Janet is a catalytic artist an award-winning author, a radio show host, and a healer. You can find her on her website, HigherSelfVoice.com, also on Amazon, Kindle, Facebook, YouTube, and on the podcast app on your smartphone. To reach her with questions or for a healing session, her email address is jvvmrichmond.com at gmail.com.